Welcome back to Daf HaShavua. This week we're going to be learning Mesechus Ksubos Daf Nun Aleph. Amad Aleph, as we make our way through the fourth parak of our Mesechta, and in the parak that's titled Na'ara Shenispatta. So we're going to pick up with the Mishnah in the middle of Nun Aleph, Amad Aleph, and the previous Mishnah was discussing the different rights of the father and the husband, and then the other Tznai Ksuba, the other conditions that go into uh, that go into the Ksuba. And the Mishnah here is wondering what would happen in a situation that low Kasev La Ksuba, our Mishnah asks. Let's say the Chassan goes ahead and uh, he doesn't write, uh, a ksuba for his uh, for his kala. So the Mishnah tells us that automatically a besula, a woman who hasn't been married yet, is going to collect the uh, masayim zuz. And an almana, somebody who uh, has been married already, is going to collect a mana, not masayim, but rather a hundred uh, of uh, of the uh, particular currency that she is going to uh, that she is going to deserve based on mipneshu tonight based in that no matter what Beisdin uh, inserts into these uh, into uh, these uh, these uh, descriptions that um, into the these institutions rather that there has to be a ksuba and the ksuba is uh, is an automatic uh, an automatic in a uh, in a marriage. Uh, the Mishnah goes on and the Mishnah tells us about all of the other uh, other tanaim and the Mishnah says that let's say he did not write uh, in the ksuba that if the woman goes ahead and the woman is captured that he's going to uh, pay for her return, he's going to pay for her ransom, uh, or he uh, goes ahead and, uh, uh, you know, other conditions that uh, that he doesn't write in the suba. So once again, those things are all included in this monetary obligation of uh, of the suba, and he is going to be chayev on all of those, uh, on all of those, uh, on all those fronts. Now, the Mishnah then concludes with the, Clause of Nishbeis Chayav Lefdosa. If she goes ahead and if she is captured, so he's going to have to go ahead and he's going to have to ransom her, and he's going to have to uh, basically go ahead and uh, and pay to get the uh, to get her back. And if she gets sick, he's going to be obligated to go ahead and he's going to be obligated to uh, to heal her. And uh, he is uh, he's able to go ahead and do so. And the Mishnah concludes with the phrase that if he says "hare gita uksubasa terape esatzma," if he says this is her get, and with the get comes her ksuba money, and then she's going to go uh, and heal herself. So the Mishnah concludes with the words "rashai." He's able to go ahead. He has permission uh, to go ahead and to do that. Now the Rambam has a fascinating insight where the Rambam in. Uh, the Rambam in Hilchos Ishus in Daf in uh, in Parak Yud Dalid Halacha Yud Ches. The Rambam describes this situation. Uh, what would happen in a case of Nishbase? And the Rambam tells us that Nishbase Chayev, that uh, if she uh, is captured, she goes ahead and she's taken captive. So he is Chayev Lifdosa. He has to go ahead and he has to ransom her. And uh, if she, the the husband is a Kohen and. Uh, the, the, the woman is going to become asura to him uh, in a situation in which she is uh, in, she, uh, in which she, she is captured uh, and therefore um, he uh, he um, even if he is a uh, even if the husband is a kohen he's going to go have to go ahead and he's going to have to uh, pay to get her back even though he can't stay married uh, he can't stay married to her so there's an orsameach on this uh, on this rambam where the orsameach writes that. Maybe there's a guy whose uh, wife goes ahead and his wife gets captured. And uh, he says, you know, maybe I don't want uh, to be married to her anymore. So nonetheless, he needs to go ahead and he needs to redeem her uh, and live with her, bring her back. And he has to pay for her refua, her mizonos, everything else that, uh, that comes along with her well-being. He's going to be 
required to go ahead and be required to uh, to pay for, and that's going to be part of the achrayis that he's going to take when he uh, when he uh, decides to um, when he decides to get uh, married to this person, and uh, the uh, the conditions of the ksuba uh, are uh, are or are not stipulated in advance. So. Uh, when our Mishnah describes the fact that he's obligated to go ahead and he's obligated to pay for uh, for uh, for her medical uh, for her medical bills, so there is a uh, there is a Rashi over here where Rashi basically describes the fact that uh, it's part of her mizonos, part of that which uh, he's going to be uh, obligated to provide her with uh, all of these medical expenses. And there's a fascinating Shiloh over here from Rizk Zilberstein, the great Chashuk Echemed, where the question was, uh, was posed about a particular couple. They came with the following question. What would be the halacha if the woman wanted to go ahead and she wanted to receive some sort of like alternative medical care that uh, are not in the uh, insurance, that's not under her insurance. Uh, you know, she has regular insurance, but this particular alternative care does not fall uh, into the category of that which is insured and uh, is the husband going to be obligated to go ahead and uh, to um, and to uh, provide her with this uh, financial responsibility of making sure that uh, that she is uh, that she's taken care of on a medical level so Zilberstein answers and presents that we have to go based on the majority view of the doctors are the doctors going to say that this is something that's uh, that's necessary or the doctor's not going to say this is something that's narrow and necessary and ultimately he goes through an analysis of whether or not doctors would agree and uh, concludes with the following comment and he says Lamaisa rifua person should uh, prefer to go ahead and uh, get the healing, get the operation that's uh, the regular operation, the conventional operation. Ach, but however, if the woman wants to go ahead and she wants to receive this alternative medical care, if you're able to go ahead and if you're able to do it, so you should go ahead and, uh, and uh, you should do it. You should give your wife the opportunity to go ahead and uh, to be healed uh, in, uh, in, uh, in this particular way. So the Gemara then goes on and wants to know who the author of our Mishnah is and quotes the approach of Rabbi Meir and then the next line seems to follow the approach of Rabbi Huda and uh, the Gemara basically uh, goes into a case in which a person goes ahead and finds uh, on the street, finds a star chov on the street that says Ruvain owes Shimon uh, X amount of dollars and who we give it to. So we don't know if that star chov was paid up or not. We don't know much uh, detail about that particular Shtarchov, uh, and the Gemara goes on to describe such a case and how Basin would determine uh, whether to give it back and who uh, who to give it back uh, or not. The Gemara then continues with a discussion uh, of uh, a continual discussion about this uh, this concept of a uh, this concept of this uh, this particular woman, and the Gemara quotes a statement that's made by Avua Deshmuel that a woman who is Nansa is going to be Asura Libaila. And the Gemara says that we're nervous that the beginning was ba'ones and the end was baratzon. And this is a machlokas as to whether or not uh, and what level of din this is. Is this a din de Rabbanon? Is this a din de Oraisa? And, uh, uh, you know, we uh, uh, fascinating insight by Avua de Shmuel. Now, uh, obviously, when we think about this world of ones and ratzon and a woman who's nansa, you know, what level of, uh, of uh, hana was there? So the Pnei Yoshua asks a question over here about cheskes kashras that a woman should have um, and uh, whether or not this woman should have cheskes kashras that in a state in which she's nansa, there is, uh, you know, there's no... Uh, 
there's no reason to believe that uh, that there was any personal hana that she was uh, that she was interested in on this uh, on this level. Tosis comes along and Tosis asks a question about Esther. Esther Malka, who had this uh, relationship, this long-standing relationship with Achashverosh, and then goes back uh, to Mordechai, goes back and, um, and, uh, and, and has this relationship with Mordechai as well. And Tosis basically has to rely on Esther being different from all other women. Tosis describes the fact that Esther was a tzaddikas gemura haisa. And since Esther was uh, this, uh, this wonderful, incredible tzaddikas, so her uh, dinam are going to be different. And when we, uh, when we analyze the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the personality uh, of who Esther was. So we can't, uh, we can't go ahead and we can't, uh, we can't come to a conclusion. And that's Tosis and Dibar Maschil, Asura Lebaila, uh, with regards to Esther, uh, with regards to Esther Hamalka. The Gemara then tells us in the name of Rava that if a woman is uh, Nansa once again, even if the Yitzhahara takes her over, she's still going to be Mutaris to return Labayla. That is uh, in contradiction to the, uh, to the statement that we made earlier in the name of Avua Dishmuel. This actually plays itself out, uh, Lamaisa, in uh, Orachayim, in Simon Reish Dalad, Sif Ches, where the Ramah is a case that a person is forced to eat something. And uh, the person, says the Ramah, would not make a bracha achrona, and certainly not a bracha rishona, because... The eating shouldn't uh, provide that person with a particular level of hana. The person was forced to go ahead and to eat. So the Magen Avram quotes our Gemara, this Gemara in Ksubos and Nun Aleph, as a proof for this, but stands... Uh, in contrast to a situation where on Yom HaKippurim, we have a person who's sick and the person is sick has to go ahead and that person has to eat. So the Mechaber writes in Tafresh Yurches that the halacha is that somebody would bench and somebody would say, Yalav Yavo. So what's the, what's the difference between the situation that we have in Orchaim and Simon Reish Dalit in which uh, a person wouldn't bench and wouldn't, um, wouldn't uh, uh, go ahead and say a bracha achrona if they, um, if they, were forced to eat, and on Yom Kippurim, a person would. So uh, the answer, I think, is uh, glaringly obvious. And in the case of Yom Kippur, so the body needed to eat because the body needed the Hana Sahila. And uh, therefore, the, the, the situation is different. In the case in which you're forced, the body doesn't need to go ahead and the body doesn't need to eat. There's actually a story that they tell about the Biskarov that uh, according to the Biskarov, if you were supposed to eat uh, on Yom Kippur and you didn't eat on Yom Kippur, then uh, you're not allowed to get an Aliyah either. It's actually played out Lamaisa when Rav Nevenzal, uh, the Rav of the old city, the chief rabbi of the old city. So uh, Rav Nevenzal didn't take an aliyah on the Yom Noram because he was misupuk. He was in doubt as to whether or not he, uh, he, uh, you know, he should have broken his fast. And uh, ultimately, if the body needs to eat, that's an entirely, uh, that's an entirely different situation. There's another uh, fascinating tshuva in the case of, uh, in, the, uh, in the book of uh, the Chashuk Yechem and Zilberstein, that let's say a person uh, doesn't need to eat, but rather needs... Uh, to take a pill, and the only thing they can do to take the pill is to take the pill with water. So the shaila emerges uh, if the person is going to be enjoying the water, should the person make a bracha if uh, the person's going to have enough from the water? And the uh, the question that's titled Should a person say uh, Should a person say shahakol? So Anyum uh, Kippur Reliashiv would say that you would get hana and you would need to make a bracha rishona and. Um, and uh, in this particular situation, according to Rav Yashiv, that hana is uh, is there. The hana is inevitable of uh, of drinking when a person is uh, when a person is fasting. So the Gemara uh, then 
goes on and describes the case of an Aishas Kohen who uh, would obviously be a surah to return to her husband who, uh, who is a Kohen. And the Gemara then tells us that people that are captured from, uh, from the Malchus, so they're considered to be uh, Shvuyin, and uh, if they are Na'anas, so they're Muteris to return to their husbands. But if they are captured uh, by Listim, so they aren't going to be uh, Muteris to go ahead and, and to return to their husbands. And what the difference is going to be between somebody who is uh, captured by, uh, by the Malchus and captured by Listim, so the Gemara clarifies that uh, it's going to depend on the level of Malchus that we're talking about. So uh, depending on who these people are, the Gemara quotes a, uh, an individual called Ben Netzer, who uh, many of the Mepharshim try to figure out who this individual is of Ben Netzer. Is he related to Nebuchadnezzar? And what would be the difference if a person's wife is captured by... Um, by uh, by uh, somebody from the Shlomo Malchus, somebody by the world of Achashverosh, perhaps, or a uh, a great king. And uh, if a person is captured by the world of uh, Listim, and uh, how we would go ahead and what we do uh, in such uh, in such circumstances. So we have uh, some fascinating gemaras here in Ksubas and Afnun Aleph. So many discussions that uh, relate to practical cases, practical cases of. The, uh, the receiving of Hana, when a person receives Hana, how much Hana does a person have to receive uh, in these situations? What level of obligation does a husband have to his wife when uh, they don't have a ksuba, when some of the, uh, the, uh, the ramifications of marriage are not explicitly detailed in the ksuba, and uh, the discussions that ensue as a result of uh, many of these questions that appear uh, in our uh, in our Gemara Daf Nun Aleph in Meseches Ksubos, and uh, that rounds up our conversation for the fifty first Daf in Shas Katan in Meseches Ksubos.